Hey everybody out there, welcome to my podcast, I Bitch About Films, where everything is 100% film talk and more. Today's film um, that I will be discussing in this episode is is titled Ashes in the Snow. Um, so it was released um, in the USA in January um, of this year. And, um, it is, you know, set during World War II, um, during the time of Stalin. But before I get started on with this film, discussing this film, there are some things that I want to clear up. Um, for my podcast in particular, I'm a film buff, so I discuss films. But I'm not going to discuss rinky-dink films or any old type of, you know, movie. I have a particular interest in history. So um, if there is a film that has certain aspects of history that I find particularly interesting, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to discuss it. I will not discuss... Hobbs and Shaw, Fast and Furious, the ridiculous, ridiculously horrible Charlie's Angels. That that's not my thing. That's that's not for me. Um, if you expect to find that here, I'm just you know letting you know honestly, you won't. Um, I like films that um, will teach me um, a lot about the world that I live in. So I like international films, I like domestic films, but they have to have a pertinent message. And um, I'm not into the, you know, ridiculously um, overhyped, bang them up, you know, rock the type of films. And I love The Rock. He's, he's a, a good guy. He's very humble, but he can't act for shit. So, um, no, I won't be doing that here. I won't be doing Charlie's Angels. I won't be doing any Marvel films. That's, that's not me. So if that's what you're looking for, you're probably at the wrong podcast. But, you know, if you want to listen and hang out with me, I definitely would love it and appreciate it. So I like films that teaches me about other cultures, about different parts of the world, um, it helps me understand the world that I live in and the space that I share with other people. Now that that has been said, let's get it on. So ashes in the snow. So this film was released, like I mentioned earlier, um, in January of this year. And it is, uh, uh, it was released in Lithuania. So it's, a Lithuanian film, but it has English English subtitles. So if you find yourself interested in watching it, you won't have any problem with the content. So during World War II, a 16-year-old artist and her family um, gets deported to Siberia um, as Stalin brutally dismantles um, the Baltic region. So it is... Um, based on some historical facts but um i believe the real identities of 
of part of of, of this particular film. At least they it, um, the names were never really revealed. But so Bell Poli plays Lena Vilkas, Jonah Howard King as Andreas, Lisa Lovin Kongsil as her mother Elena, um, Sophie Cookson as Ona. Uh, Martin Wallstrom as Nikolai Kretsky, Peter Franton as Commander Karamoff, um, Sam Hazeldean as Costas Vilkas, James Cosmos as Mr. Stalas, and Tom Sweet as um, Lee, as Lena's brother Jonas. And then it you know it goes on and on with with a whole lot of other folks. So the film opens up. It's it's like. Um, it's also a bit of a coming of age tale of a young girl who with her mother um, and younger brother, they, they're de deported to a Soviet labor camp in Siberia. This is during the time of Stalin's reign of terror in the Baltic region um, during World War II. So she is an, as an aspiring artist and she begins to use her drawings she secretly documents her her journey um with her drawings so um the film sort of starts with um her dad who is a professor at the local university and he um has been doing a lot of work i believe with the partisans and um, there is talk, you know, amongst town folks um, and concern about the increasing presence of Soviet um, soldiers in, the, in, you know, in, the, in, in their town. Um, and Lena, Lena overhears the conversations like in her school and um, with, amongst her friends and her father tells her not to worry about it, that, you know, everything is fine, everything will be okay, and that she should just concentrate on her artwork and trying to get into this prestigious art school, um, which she has her eyes set on. So she, she leads a normal life. I mean, one day she happens to be in, in the town square and... Um, she, she watches, um, a Soviet vehicle pull up and they actually drag this Lithuanian man out of his, off of his bicycle actually, and they throw him into the, into the back of a truck. So she is startled by that. And then the Russian soldiers tell her to move, 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 get out of here, get out of here. And then they begin to put a lot of, you know, Stalin flags all over the buildings, the gates of businesses. And slowly she begins to realize that something is definitely not right. So later on at home, they have a birthday party for her. It is her birthday. Um, they're having a nice family dinner. She's with her brothers Jonas, her mom and her dad. And then... Um, they talk about non-political, um, 
non-political stuff basically to keep the children preoccupied and and not really worried about what's going on in the world around them and she tells her dad she applied to get into the art school I believe in Kaunas and she was really really excited but she wasn't sure that she would be able to get in because it was so competitive and also because of the political environment and also because of the war that was going on right now Um, at that time she wasn't sure if she had a shot but her dad told her to have a little bit more faith and to believe in herself and that he was absolutely positive that she would get into the school because she she had a talent so a few days later she a letter arrives for her from the school an admissions letter actually and she decides that she's not going to open it until her father gets home from work so um both her and her mom are extremely excited but they decide to wait because they wanted to share the news as a family and she waits and hours go by it's time to go to bed and her father isn't home and she begins to look out the window and you know wondering you know where is he and then at some point while she's looking out in the window you just see a bright light appear appear from the distance and there are soviet tanks or trucks you know vehicles actually and they just begin rounding people up they been go they start going from house to house banging on the doors telling them to get out get out um her mom runs into her room and tell her that she must pack a bag with warm clothes and that they must leave so she quickly packs a bag and her mom slowly walks to the door and she makes it to the door in time before the russian soldiers kick it in so they all round it up and then they're put on trucks um, they stopped from house to house in her little village before they they before they managed to um, get everyone out of the homes and onto the trucks. And then from the trucks, they're loaded onto a train. This particular train is going to take them out of Lithuania all the way into Siberia. But, you know, on their way to Siberia, I mean, they're packed in these these um, cattle cars like sardines, nowhere to turn, nowhere to sit, you know. And there's this um, woman on the train with them and she has an infant and the infant is starving. I mean, there's there. I mean, they have not fed these people, you know, since they loaded them into the into the military trucks and they have not had water. So, you know, Lena tells the mother, you must feed the baby. You must nurse her. Um, and she nurses the baby. But, you know, with with no water for herself or food she's probably not making any milk so with no food or water the mom is probably not producing enough milk to you know to nurse the child so at some point everyone on the on the 
on the car, the tr- the cattle, the train car realizes that the infant is dead because you could see half of the infant's body and it was blue. And the mom must have known that the baby was gone, but she was in shock. And she did not want to accept that her baby was dead. So they all had to convince someone to talk to her to dispose of the body because the the smell was like it was becoming a bit too much for them because remember they were all packed into this tight train car no windows no air no ventilation so Lena's mother decided that she would try to coax the mom into um, giving her the child and they would they would just basically drop the child's body from the the floor of the of the train car um, and after a while she was able to get the mom to give her the baby and she took the baby and they disposed of the body but the mom was absolutely distraught. She she was just beside herself with grief. And it is one of many heartbreaking scenes in that movie. Um, because it just really brought home how inhumane and how brutal Stalin's regime was. And how innocent people, you know, were caught up um in a war you know that had absolutely nothing to do with them and all about ideology so at some point they arrived to the to the work camp in um Siberia and they they um they're ordered off the train and and the grieving mom is she gets off the train but she's just really despondent over the death of her infant and um, she just can't be consoled. So she begins to flee or try to flee. She's just really incoherent and they shoot her in the head. Um, And right in front of Lena's eyes she watch she 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 watches them brutally murder someone she's never seen that before and um it it's you know absolutely horrific so lena her mother her brother you know they i mean and everyone else that was on that train they're on this work camp they try to get them to sign a confession that they were all traitors and that they would um, pledge their life to Stalin and his regime, and that they would have to work there forever. Um, initially, they all refused to sign it. So, because they didn't, they were because of their refusal, the commander orders that they be provided no rations, no water, and that they must stand all day. They could not sit down at all until they signed the confession. They was able to hold out for two days, but then people started you know, getting tired and sleepy. Um, They were, some of them were carrying children 
and they started signing one by one. So at some point, everybody signed, including Lena and her her, her mom and her brother. And then they were um, taken to a location where they would live for the duration of the time that they were in exile. And the home that they um, the home that they took them to, they didn't really want Lena and her family there. Um, they, the woman said, I don't want them in my home. They are criminals and get them out of here. So they, I mean, they stayed with her with, they stayed in that same home, but she basically wanted any, nothing to do with them. I believe she might've been Siberian, you know, and Russian and, you know, so, I mean, at that point it was a, it was really a hard life for, you know, Lena, her family and the others, they were doing menial work in the fields, a lot of agricultural work, um, but they were starving and hungry at the same time. So there was one woman that was with them who was stealing food and Lena tried to tell her not to do it because they weigh it and if they they will know that some of the food is weigh that is missing just by putting it on a scale and they may all be punished because of it and the woman said to mind your business I will tell them that you're trying to escape so at some point after gathering um, I, I believe it was fruit or some sort of fruit and they went to the town and they had to put their their produce on the scale as Lena said what happened they were, it was all underweight and the commander said why is your why why is this produce why is this underweight because they had a certain quota a, so, a certain number that they needed to meet each day and no one said anything so the commanders began to you know walk from the front all the way down the line and they happened to stop in front of the woman who was actually still in the, the fruit and he said you know you're shaking you look nervous what's wrong with you and when they began to search her they found all of the fruit um in her pocket along with some other items that she was that she stole but she said she needed it because she needed to be able to bargain with people in town and what was the use of them picking all of this stuff if they were were not going to be allowed to use it so the commander ordered one of the so the commander ordered one of the younger soldiers to shoot her in the head and he had never killed anyone before and he was hesitant to do and he had never killed anyone before and he was hesitant to do so so after a while I mean the commander said it again but he was a, a bit more harsh and aggressive in tone he said I said shoot her in the head so he he did and um once again, Lena saw another person executed right in front of her face, right in front of her eyes. And this young soldier, having had to, having had his first kill, became 
extremely disturbed by it and also it, he was he he became sick so um it was hard for him because he he had a family that he left back in the Ukraine and now he found himself forced to to basically execute people if they didn't follow the rules so at some point the commander realized that Lena's mom could speak and read Russian and he wanted her to work as a translator for them and she said no and then he said fine well you you guys will just basically starve you know and she went back to the cabin that she was staying in and at some point i mean all during the hardships lena you know started to have a, a romance with andreas and um despite all of the horror going on around them the two found love in a very cold and brutal place and under difficult circumstances so you know let me speed it up a little bit um at some point um lena and her family lena her mom and her brothers further exile once again they're removed from this this work camp in siberia and sent on a uh, a train and then a ship to the arctic circle where it was uh, terrifyingly cold there was no food there was no shelter it was horrible the most unimaginable place you could go to and find yourself in it, it was like a nightmare within a double nightmare so here in the arctic circle there was nothing to eat um they would have to catch fish and basically boil the fish with water and that was their food like a fish soup a fish broth and they had no blankets and they had no clothes I mean and they got sick a lot of people got sick and the ones who got sick they just threw them overboard um or, th- or, or just disposed of their remains in the water ultimately Lena's mom became you know really ill and she died she didn't make it um but the young Ukrainian soldier who um who had to do the the shoot kills took pity on them and wrote up two letters basically giving them amnesty and releasing them from exile and but be, and then he committed suicide after that he hung himself um in his cabin and he but also he realized he you know he did it because he thought about his young wife who probably was no longer living and his child who he would never see again and he took pity on Lena and her brother Jonas cuz they had no one their father was shot because the father their father was a professor Lena's father was shot ultimately she found out her dad was shot because he was providing fake documents for people to flee um, um, Lithuania before Stalin's men arrived so he got caught and they executed him so before her mom died she opened up the admissions letter and discovered she did get accepted into that art school Um, but you know her joy was short-lived because she had they were orphaned Um, so 
after the after Lena and her brother Jonas um, were giving the amnesty letter, they left the Arctic Circle, and by then the war was over, and they they went back to Lithuania. Um, the film closes with Lena just standing and looking out into the water with her now boyfriend Andreas. I guess he survived Siberia, standing behind her just looking at the water um and it closes to credits so i i i love this movie because of lena's fight for her life she's fearless and and she vows that if she survives she will honor her family and the thousands like her by documenting you know their experience in her art and her notes and she, and she risks everything to do so um it it was heartbreaking that her mom didn't make it but um Lena and Jonas's survival um will serve as a testament to those who did and that's basically what her mom her mother wanted so Ashes in the Snow. It's a a good film. I recommend it. Um, Like I said, a lot of the films that I will be discussing, some of them are difficult. The topics are difficult. But they are historically accurate and they are fact. And um, they serve as a reminder of what happens when people are often inhumane to one another and a lot of young people if you're listening to me out there you may not get it you may be into these crash bang them up sort of films and hey you know whatever floats your boat I like some but you know my podcast won't focus on a lot of that stuff so um until my next episode I would say um Watch Ashes in the Snow. You may learn something. And you know, and it you may find that it has relevance in today's world. So next time, until my next episode, you know, I'm gonna close out I bitch about films and see you soon. <laughs>